Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. This is Eric and Gina Robinson. We want to start by thanking all our listeners. As always, you guys really keep us going. We are glad to have you listening. Glad you're going through Luke with us right now. And we would love to hear from you any chance you get. If you want to give a review on iTunes, that's fantastic because that keeps our podcast in front of some new eyes sometimes. And also, if you want to just keep passing along to those you know, those you think might like it or enjoy it, that would be great. And you could even drop us a line every now and then by going to whatever podcast service you use. You know, if you use Anchor or if you use Spotify or something like that, it's really easy to drop us a line through those. So we would love to hear from you sometime. Let us know what you think. Also, we are going to keep going with (laughs) Luke today. Luke chapter 4 is where we had to end last time. And Luke 4 begins with the temptations. So what, what, (laughs) not the singing group, but (laughs) whenever Jesus is in the wilderness and Satan has come and he's really attacking hard here. And this is what's covered by both Matthew and Luke, and Luke has a slightly different way of covering it, and that's where we are. We've arrived at this point um, past two of the temptations, and there's three altogether, and we were going to move into that, so we decided to uh, hold that for this time. So what do you think? How should we cover this from here? Do we backtrack a little bit? or? Uh... Um, I think it's just interesting that Luke put these in a different order. I think mm-hmm. we said that last time Yep. Uh, than the other Gospels. And so he's ending his with this um, Jesus being taken up onto uh, to Jerusalem into the pinnacle of the temple. Yes. And Satan is saying, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about how this is all we've been talking about the sonship mm-hmm. of yes. Jesus, Jesus and how he at his baptism, mm-hmm. a big moment. Mm-hmm. He is proclaimed to be the the voice comes from heaven. You're my beloved son, right? With whom I'm well pleased. And then we had the genealogy right after that, yeah, which really ends with mm-hmm. him being the son of God. <laughs> yep. And um, then immediately following that are these temptations. Yes. Where Satan introduces each one by well, saying, "If two you out are of the three, anyway, but yeah, not each one. Anyway, yeah. he's." By Making a big point, if you are the son of God. Mm-hmm. And so he says here, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like you said, this would be the pinnacle of the temple that Satan's tempting him to throw himself off of. As if this is going to, what, establish for him and for everybody else that surely he must be God's chosen one. You know, yes. hey, you know, you go ahead. Make it clear, you know, it's all, you know, he obviously. Because he's saying you can throw yourself off of here because Mm -hmm. the scriptures say he will command his angels concerning you. Yes. To guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Yes. So he is saying, if you're the son of God, you can throw yourself off of here and he'll save you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a quote from Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12, is uh, where he's taking this. Now, Jesus is going to answer him back, same kind of general way he's been answering him so far, coming straight out of Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. every single time and just putting this right back toward He doesn't even point out that Satan has left off some, left out some important words or anything. He just answers bluntly. Right. And 
And so when he's using Deuteronomy, I think we can't help but, and I may have said this last time, but we can't help but see him as a picture of the true Israel. The first Israel wasn't able to live up to their calling when they went through their wilderness and they fell short and were faithless. And here he uses the same scriptures that were available to them, the ones that were written right. by Moses, to to talk to Satan and to put it back uh, in his face. I'm not going to uh, well, be faithless toward my father. He's showing that he is the true Israel. Mm -hmm. Yes. So in that way, he does. Are the the better Israel? The better Israel, the one who, who truly live lived up, up to, to yeah, right. yeah, and uses the very same scriptures they had access to there in order to do it, which I find really, really fascinating. So um, he says, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting, I didn't, I don't know if I ever really completely understood, but um, some of what I was reading this week was just really good. It's, he was refusing to create a test mm -hmm. of God's goodness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even though it might have been true that God would have saved him, he wasn't, that's not the point of any of this mm -hmm. is to test whether he, he's good enough to do that. Yeah. It's supposed to be about trusting him in our, as we go about our way. Mm -hmm. And right. um, so I think this is really important for us. Mm -hmm. and all of this, all of these temptations are very relevant to us today. Mm -hmm. And, they're put in here, I think, so we can see that he is the the example for mm -hmm. us. Yes. Um, the way to avoid temptation is not to go one's own way. Um, faithfulness is involved in mm -hmm. trusting him, worshiping him alone, and refusing to create a test for his goodness. And I think we do those things. I yes. think there are times when... We almost create a test for God. Oh, we definitely do. See I if think you'll you're 100 come through. Right. Yes, God, if you will just do this for me, then I will, so that I can be sure that we're good. You know, God, I know you're there, or I think you're there. If you'll just prove it to me in this way, God, if you would just show me this or do this for me, so that I can really believe. I mean, and that just sets us up for a fall, I think, because. We're going to, if, even if he did that for us, in a few months, we're going to be that back in that same place. Yeah. We're going to have something else hard in our life. And we're going to be like, okay, God, I'm not sure you're here right now. I need you to show me. So can you just make this one Do thing one happen thing. Yeah. so that I'll be sure that you're here? And that's not faithful. That's not. Right. It's not that he doesn't ever give us signs. It's, it's the setting it up as mm -hmm. a test for him. Right. And testing him with and, it. Exactly. Uh, so. Exactly. Um, but in all of this, Jesus has shown that he's righteous and faithful mm -hmm. and, um, he's introduced and ready for his ministry. Mm -hmm. yes. And it's a great way for us to start into this next section. Well, and even here, I think maybe before we end, it'd be good to say something about this order again. It's very mm -hmm. interesting mm -hmm. that, oh, yeah. that Luke has placed this one last when this was the one that Matthew put in the middle. Matthew ended his on Jesus being shown all the kingdoms of the world and being offered those if he would bow down to Satan, which, of course, he does not do. Um, but then Luke switches it around so that that becomes the second of the three temptations. But Luke wants to end us at the temple on the pinnacle 
having, right. like you said, testing God's faithfulness, this becomes his final of the three. Right. In and Luke. Luke has a huge emphasis on the temple and in Acts, the synagogues. Uh, this is all very mm -hmm. important location Yes, uh, for him. And yes. So Luke wants, like we're saying, like you're saying, Luke is going to end his whole gospel at, the temple itself, right. which nobody else does. And he began at the at the temple. Mm -hmm. Yes. With and Zechariah going in to offer uh, incense. Yes. So I, I think. So with all that emphasis and then to arrive at these temptations and for it, the final one, the big one, you know, the our crescendo of the temptations, mm -hmm. for it to be Jesus up on the pinnacle of the temple, throw yourself down, all these worshipers would know, would see, because God would never let you hurt yourself. Right. So, uh, that right there becomes an interesting point to kind of see where Luke is, has got it's this focus of some kind. Yes. yes. That he just keeps us somehow kind of tied to what's happening at the temple. It's yes. a big deal. Yes. Um, I think that that is important also. And you will too. I know as we get into our next story, and mm -hmm. we'll see why in just a minute, but for this to be the climax here, is also going to help us when we start looking into our next story. So let's go ahead and read beginning at verse 14 and we'll go to verse 30 and then we'll consider what's being said there. Verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel and in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up, and three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land, and Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When they heard these things, all the synagogue were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. Oh, man. Okay. A okay. very dramatic story. A very dramatic <laughs> story that's only included by Luke. It's so strange that Luke would be, I mean, only Luke has him, this whole the story whole that especially is, goes toward the end. Extra details. And, yeah. yeah, all these extra details, especially the ending part. So strange. 
Um, well, let's go back to verse 14 real quick. I just want to point out that um, just be listening as you go through here for how many times it talks about the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Jesus is obviously filled with the Spirit at this point and mm -hmm. has a special anointing right. on him. Um, he's returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and report about him has gone out throughout the surrounding country. So people are hearing about him. Yes. I think we're talking about a little gap in time here mm -hmm. that's taken place. And okay. I don't think this is immediate. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And the other gospels don't seem it's in a different place. So I think that probably some time has passed. Okay. <laughs> uh, he had been teaching in their synagogues. And was being glorified by all. Yeah, so he's getting good. Yeah, getting some good attention. Things are and going people well. People are, yeah, liking him, liking what he's saying. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So he decides to go back home to Nazareth, where he grew up. Yeah, and he goes to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. Um, and he stands up to read. Now, this seems kind of weird to me because mm. I um. I don't understand exactly what happens in the Sabbath. It was just mm -hmm. like he came home and he just, can anybody stand up and read mm -hmm. what's going on? So I think there was some reading and then there apparently is a time when they may have a guest who can stand up and read a passage mm -hmm. and then teach uh, about it. Mm -hmm. And that's apparently what's happening here. Mm -hmm. So he stands up to read and he takes the scroll and, um, reads from Isaiah. It's part from Isaiah 61 and part from Isaiah 58. Mm -hmm. um, really major words about, uh, well, from Isaiah that are talking about mm -hmm. setting the captive free, captives free, about being uh, sent back from exile. Yes. Um, Proclaiming the good news. Yes. Very um, prophetic yeah. words. Even and, messianic associated, right? right? I mean, right. The, these are the kinds of things they were thinking would be associated with the Messiah when he came. It even starts with the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So again, this, <laughs> he starts there and we've just been reading that in almost every paragraph about right. how he's filled with the spirit. Yes. Uh, and because he anointed me. And both of those things, I think, look back to his baptism. Mm -hmm. They have a okay. strong connection back to that. Right. Um, I see that. And his, who he is. Mm -hmm. uh, this whole passage is about his identity. Mm. Um, and he's here to proclaim good news. He says, to proclaim good news to the poor. Um, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and mm -hmm. recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Okay. There's so much in here. He's, um, I think the big thing that we need to go on and say is that when he sat down, usually they stood to read mm -hmm. the scripture and then they sat down to mm -hmm. teach. Okay. So I never understood that part about this. I was always like, well, he's sitting down and they're all just staring at him <laughs> and it seemed a little weird, but they're sitting down and they're in expectation of his teaching, teaching, I believe okay. about what he's just read. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and Luke really loves that phrase. 
fixed the, that their eyes were fixed on him. Oh yeah, does he use that? Elsewhere? He uses it more than anybody else. Gotcha. In the New Testament, and um, so there, it's a lot of anticipation mm-hmm. about what he's going to say about this passage. And he began to say to them, "Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." That had to be quite a jarring statement. So for yeah. So this is why I wanted to go ahead and say that because he's saying this is about me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely he is. He's saying not only am I reading a scripture, I am fulfilling this scripture right right now by being the one speaking. This scripture that you read from your, the prophet Isaiah about a servant coming and freeing the captives Mm -hmm. from their exile. Mm Mm-hmm. And forgiving their sins. Yes. And proclaiming good news. Yes, proclaiming good news and uh recovering the sight of the blind. <laughs> yeah. And even this proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. Mm-hmm. That is the Jubilee. Mm-hmm. Uh right. which the true Jubilee was yes, just was crazy supposed to take huge. place every fifty years. Right. Yeah. Where the captives got set free and mm-hmm. debts were erased. Uh, erased and all of that, which as we can, as far as we can tell, never really happened. Right. Um, but it was interpreted in Judaism as a reference to the dawn of God's new age. Mm-hmm. And um, so it becomes a picture of this total forgiveness and salvation. Yes. He's taking all of that on himself mm-hmm. and saying he's the one they've been waiting for. Yeah. In, in essence, he's saying he is the servant. Right. He, he really is, isn't he? Because that passage, this passage, like you said, comes from the area of Isaiah where it's very closely tied to all the servant passages and the mm-hmm. servant songs of Isaiah. So for in in verse 19 here in chapter four, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That me would necessarily tie him back to the servant right. of God that's coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, I know I can... Um, I can imagine how they must have been sitting there thinking, oh my goodness. Yes. And probably he said more than just this one sentence. Right. You probably did. Sure. We probably got the Cliff Notes right. version. Yeah. But in essence, he's saying, that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm the fulfillment of this. Yes. Beautiful, um, amazing passage. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, today, your freedom has come. I mean, that's basically what he's saying to Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, wants them to accept that, too. That wouldn't necessarily be a part of what he would want them to accept. So, in one way, he's extending an invitation to them. Yes. Oh, yes. And they all spoke well of him. Yeah, that verse 22 is really interesting because of the way they react immediately compared to then... How it turns seems to turn very quickly, um, or it does turn very quickly. But right there in 22, it says that all they all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming out of his mouth. So Sounds there's very positive. Wow, this guy's a great speaker. Wow, right. uh, what good words he's saying, and what a wonderful. I almost imagine that they are just like in awe because he's been so captivating mm-hmm. in what yes. he's been saying. And then all of a sudden, they said. Is this not Joseph's son? Right. Is this not Joseph's son? Seems to be our big turning point. Right. 
So whether there were some saying, maybe there were some saying, is this not Joseph's son? Hey, home, hometown boy does good. But then we also hear, I think, in the crowd, is this not Joseph's son? Well, I think we know this kid, yeah. and I'm not so sure he's all that. Right. He can't yeah. be the fulfillment of this. Right. How could Joseph's son be the fulfillment of right. this? Yeah, exactly. And also, they're forgetting. This is all tying him to being God's son. Mm -hmm. Back to what we've been being told over yes. and over so far in this gospel. Right. And for them to say, is it not this Joseph's son? Right. Really makes Luke's point because, mm -hmm. like you said, he's been, he just continued to hammer that this is that Jesus is God's son since Jesus' baptism. Right. Even and, back in the genealogy. Yes, exactly. The genealogy was all being about. the son as was supposed uh, of, of Joseph. Joseph. Right. And then we so have sure this. enough, they are supposing him still to be Joseph's son. They're not yes. accepting that he could possibly be God's son. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we know that they're saying it negatively because of verse 23, because Jesus comes back Jesus at him reacts, with, right. doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, position, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. So in other words, all that, all those healings and miracles, <laughs> yes, you've been doing. First of all, maybe you should turn and heal your own yeah. craziness. That's what they're saying. Seems like your head's not working. Maybe you should first heal that for thinking these things. But Hey, we'd like to see some of those miracles we've been hearing about right. too. Prove it to us that way. Because you, you're just Joseph's son. We're not so sure we can buy into this. Right. Yeah. Kind of testing him. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. way Satan wanted Jesus to test God. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Very much. Oh, the, the, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Great point. Yeah. This really takes us back to that last temptation where you test God. If. That's true, God. The then show me this. Yeah, exactly. Right. So if you're all you say, yeah. So, um, yeah. But then he continues on. Jesus continues on. Truly, I say to you, and this is where he gets into Elijah and Elisha's stuff. Right. All of a sudden, which is interesting. Um, yeah, because he brings up Elijah, and 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 this is where we have to start asking questions about what Luke is doing because this is different material for Luke mm -hmm. right here. It is this whole Elijah and Elisha thing that he's throwing in here is very different, and and um, so why is he making such a point out right. of this? Unless he is trying to make sure we know Jesus is also a prophet. Yes, <laughs> also a prophet and a prophet to the world, right? Because Elijah and Elisha, right. yeah, exactly. Um, because he makes this point out of Elijah not being accepted by Israel, if you remember the story. Mm -hmm. And Elijah winds up, frankly, having to run for his life. I mean, he's he's threatened uh, within an inch of his life if he stays in Israel and he winds up, God sends him to this widow in Zarephath where a great miracle takes place in her house to keep her and her son alive uh, yes. for years. And then we get to verse 26 and he brings, uh, or um, 27, and he brings up Elisha and yes. talks about how there were lepers all over Israel at the time, but Elisha was healing a leper from Actually, yeah, a neighboring a, a country Syrian, that was making yeah. raids uh, yeah. on a Syrian general, a neighbor, neighbor from a neighboring country making raids against Israel, and that this was who Elisha wound up healing. And so somehow God has used these are, men, are yeah. of these prophets who are healing 
and doing these great miracles. Only not for Israelites. Outside of Israel, outside of their hometown. Yes. You can't see me yes. doing my <laughs> quotes in the yeah. air. But, um, yeah, they're not doing these miracles there. They're doing them outside yeah. of that and for Gentiles. So he's really announcing, I guess that's what I'm going to do too, since yeah. you're not accepting. You're not accepting me. My hometown's you're not, not accepting, accepting me. this invitation I just gave you. I just told you who I was and that I'm here to set you free. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're not answering that um, invitation. So if they're not going to answer that, then he's going to, he's going to go to whoever will receive right. the message kind of implication being. Anyway. Right. And then it says though, that's why apparently in verse 28, they got so angry. I know it says they were filled with wrath. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, it sounds awful. It says it feels like a big turn from verse 22. To yes. 20. It feels huge. They were so <laughs> complimentary in verse 22 and it's taken them really no time at all to turn on him. Talk about the fickleness of people uh, and to just turn on him. Well, down. And how it just makes me, it hurts me to think about how much that angered them that he would take his message to Gentiles Gentiles, and that yeah. it wasn't just for them Yeah, because it's always supposed to have been about them. Right. They've always been the ones who were supposed to take that message out. Yeah. And the mission that they were given, they have failed at, but Jesus will do. He comes to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To really fulfill. Right. Yeah. Which of course incorporates them. I mean, they're God's people. Yes. He wants God wants them to be part of. It. He just yeah. want. It's always been meant to extend so much greater than that, and that apparently is the part they don't like. Right. It's not that they're not included. It's just that why do we have to include everybody else? Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but or it sounds share. crazy to us. Yeah. But we know our own hearts. We know we yeah. can be fickle like this too. But they're so filled with wrath that in verse twenty nine they rise up and drive him out of town. Bring him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. Now, we don't know exactly how that happened That's there. How in the world does he just pass through their midst? First of all, they were so mad they want to kill him. Yes. Not just in some, I mean, in a violent way. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> we have reached that point. We've reached the point of an angry mob. Willing to kill Jesus Who by throwing him off a cliff. Neighbors. Yeah, they used to be his friends and neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Have now, That's right. Yeah. And so now, though, then, what becomes very interesting is the connection we can make to the story we were just telling, to the yes. story of the temptations yes. in the wilderness. Luke ended, y'all remember, we just went over it. Luke ended that story with Jesus being taken up to the highest part of the temple and being tempted to throw himself down to prove to everyone mm -hmm. that he truly was God's son. Prove to right. himself, maybe even who knows what Satan was tempting. You know, uh, Jesus didn't need proof himself. It was Satan kind of trying to get that out of him. Sure, right. you want to know too, don't you? Yeah, I mean, God's going to bury you up. But, but everybody else will know. Everybody will know. Everybody will see. It'll be obvious. Well, here and then, the very next story, I have him brought up to the highest place in town where now they're going to throw him off and 
he's making a choice to just walk through their midst and go. He seems to know he can he can make a choice. Let them throw him off and then prove to him that way. Would that be kind of a proof? Would it? Would God save him that way? Would that be? Who knows? We don't know. But the fact is, he's not going to let himself be, you know, used that way either. Um, I almost see this as God doing the very thing that, that Satan that Satan wanted he to would do. do. Yes, because God did save him. Yes. How on earth God did he just pass through their midst? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's in there. in the passing through the midst comes the salvation of God. Right. Because otherwise there's no explanation for what what this angry right. crowd it's not like they're going to all turn their backs on him for five minutes and then he runs away while they're they're not looking yeah they're totally (laughs) focused on jesus and they got and yet somehow jesus is able to just go through the crowd and walk away because he did do exactly what those passages said he commanded his angels concerning him to guard him that's exactly what it sounds like i think you're right yeah that that's the only thing that really proving makes good sense here, that proving he the that he's the son of God, which winds up proving that he's the son of God. It is actually working out the very way that Satan was tempting him to try and make it work out in the temptations. Here he doesn't try; he just you know, this if God wants Jesus to initiating this yeah, test, exactly, he doesn't initiate it, and so God does exactly mm-hmm. what we would hope he would do, which is to protect the one that he's chosen. Beautiful, actually, yeah. structure. The structure is just over the top gorgeous yeah. because of that reason. I think we usually miss that. I just, Jesus here is rejected in his hometown by mm-hmm. his people, mm-hmm. his people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if some of these were even relatives, you yeah. know, because it was a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where he should have been expected to be accepted the most. Yeah. And so we keep seeing this happen. Mm-hmm. The people who should have been accepting him were the ones who were the very ones who were rejecting the message. Yes. And it's, I don't know, it's just hard to imagine, except that, like you said, I know our hearts and we're the same way. We could wind up. Doing but what a warning this is to us. Yeah. Yeah. Really great warning to all check our own hearts for sure. Well, so I think that's all the time we have. The introduction to Jesus' ministry. Yes, right. That we have. Yeah. So it's just going to be interesting from here on out. So mm-hmm. Keep being I'm excited to keep going. Me too. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is a great story to start with. So really enjoyed talking to y'all. Uh, it's been great. I hope you all see those connections we were making. Just enjoy reading ahead some in Luke, and we will continue to uh, bring out some insights in this as we go. But may God bless you all. May you see wonderful benefits from okay. spending time with God in his word in the deepest way possible. God bless. Talk to you soon.